The book of Acts is the book of the continuing Christ. What Christ began in the gospel records, he continues in the book of Acts. In the first part of Acts, chapters 1 through 7, we join the adventures of what the Holy Spirit was doing through the apostles in the early church. This work was primarily focused in Jerusalem. The second section of Acts, however, advances beyond Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. In this section of our study, we see the power of the gospel on full display, changing the lives of those who hear it. Let's join Scott now as the adventure continues. In today's study, we're coming to the final verses of Acts chapter number 9. It is the, the end of the second section of the book of Acts. Now, this is the shortest section, of course, just a couple of chapters long, but it shows the advancement of the gospel, the adventure continuing uh, throughout Judea and Samaria. Uh, we will return to the third and final section of the book of Acts soon and see that it continues to advance to the uttermost part of the earth. But I want you to see where we are at the end of Acts chapter number 9. We're on the, on the threshold of Acts chapter 10 and what God will do at the house of Cornelius. We're, we're on the edge of the gospel just exploding to the entire Gentile world. And it's in that context that we have one of the most beautiful stories and amazing miracles in the entire book. Listen to Acts chapter 9 beginning in verse 36. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha which by interpretation is called Dorcas, this woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And forasmuch as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. So this is the story of a, a godly woman, a good woman. Her name is Tabitha or Dorcas. And the Bible says she was full of good works and alms deeds. Uh, for the record, good works are not bad. They don't save. Uh, good works are good. <laughs> good works uh, demonstrate the transformation Christ has made in the heart. It's not a question of, does the Bible teach good works? It's a question of, which side of salvation do you put them on? If you think you're going to work your way to heaven, friend, I want you to know it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saves us. But on the other hand, the God of all grace has saved us unto good works. And so uh, this woman, Tabitha, is a perfect example of that. She lived in the city of Joppa. Today, the, the city of Jaffa uh, in the Holy Land in the nation of Israel would be the general location of this. And so Peter comes to the house, and notice that twice it tells us in verse 37 where she was and where the miracle took place. It was in an upper chamber. You should mark that in your Bible twice, the upper chamber. We come today to another upper room. Do you remember the upper room? The upper room at the end of Christ's ministry. On his way to Gethsemane and to Golgotha, he takes them to the upper room. The Last Supper. And then the upper room in the opening chapters of the book of Acts where the disciples assembled for fear of the Jews and held their prayer meeting and, and the Lord showed up. The Holy Spirit came in mighty power in an upper room. Well, today we come to another upper room. It's a beautiful reminder and picture uh, that in quiet places, 
in places of solitude and suffering and sorrow, we meet with God and praise God, God meets with us. Because in this upper room where there's so much mourning going on, God is getting ready to turn their mourning into rejoicing. Verse 40 says, But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. And turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. Does that sound familiar at all? It should. Do you remember Jesus raising the daughter of Jairus, the ruler's daughter? Very similar incident. And Peter had seen that. He had witnessed what the Lord had done, what the Lord had said, how the Lord had worked. And now that same power is being exhibited through the ministry of the apostle Peter, depending on the same power, the power of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And here are the final two verses of Acts chapter 9. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. Now, when we return to our Acts study, when we come to the third section of Acts, we'll pick up right at this very same point in Joppa, in the house of Simon the tanner, where Peter is staying. But for now, I'd like for you to go to Tabitha's house. I'd like for you to go upstairs. Would you come into the upper room? Uh, these ancient Jewish houses with their their flat roofs and and typically their upper chamber accessed by an outside staircase, almost like a separate apartment set aside for certain purposes. And on this day, it was a place for the viewing of the body of a woman that was greatly beloved. But notice what happened in that upper chamber. I'll give you two or three observations and then an application. First of all, in this upper chamber, like the upper chamber that we found early in the book of Acts, you find that it's a place of prayer. Uh, What does Peter do when he gets there? He gets down on his knees. He kneels down and begins to pray. Uh, Every believer needs a prayer closet, and every church needs an upper room. I mean by that, every true Christian needs a place and a time where they get by themselves and just talk to God. And so the upper room is a reminder that we need to pray. The upper room was not only a place of prayer, it was a place of power. And those two things are always connected. When you pray, it releases the power of God. Uh, Someone said, little prayer, little power. More prayer, more power. Much prayer, much power. And we're not talking here about how long you pray or how loud you pray or how beautifully you pray, but rather that you pray in faith, that you truly seek the Lord. That's what Peter did, and when he did, what came? The resurrection power. God raised this woman from the dead. As surely as Christ came out of the grave, as surely as Jairus' daughter was raised, as surely as the widow's son was raised, as surely as Lazarus came out of the grave, uh, this woman is raised from the dead. That's power, friends. And I want you to know, if you need the power of God today, you need prayer. You need to find you an upper room somewhere, a place alone with God, above the the fray and frivolity of the world to just seek the Lord and concentrate on him. And as you pray, God will demonstrate his power. But don't miss this because, remember, we've seen the same pattern again and again. It's not just about us. The Bible says that when she was presented and people saw it, verse 42, many believed in the Lord. The upper room is always a reminder not only of prayer and power but of the divine purpose. Why did Jesus take his disciples into that upper room? Just for them? No. 
but to set something in motion that would touch the whole world. Why did those disciples gather in the upper room in the opening chapters of Acts to seek the Lord? Was it just for them? No. It was there that God was going to set something in motion to the uttermost part of the earth. And what is happening in this upper room? Is it just for Peter? Is it just for Tabitha? Is it just for those gathered there? No. It was so many more in Joppa and the surrounding area would believe in the Lord. In a very real sense, this is a beautiful, not just conclusion of the second section, but a summation of the whole study of the book of Acts. The adventure continues. What is it? It's an adventure of prayer and power and divine purpose. It is the adventure of us seeking the Lord, God demonstrating his divine ability and fulfilling his purpose of drawing people to himself. Let's close our study today by talking to the one who's speaking to us. Father, in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask you to help us not just to study the Word, but to pray. Not just to hear your voice today, but then to respond to you, to find a place of prayer, an upper room. Show your power. Strengthen our faith. And may many more believe in the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. What an encouragement to us today to remember the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel changed lives in the first century, and the gospel is still changing lives today. If you missed the first section of this study on The Adventure Continues, be sure to visit our website, enjoyingthejourney.org, where you can access this study along with many other resources to encourage you in your walk with God. However you listen to this podcast, we are grateful for each of you. We hope you will continue to listen and also share it with others. From all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team, may God bless you and help you enjoy the journey.